0: So, Mac, thanks for coming on. You are uh, with diversity and blockchain in our Philadelphia chapter, and I have a feeling you are going to have
1: some great insight for us. <laughs> How are you I doing? I so. <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
0: Good. So, in our Chain Chat series, as you know, um, we ask each guest to leave a question for the next guest. And the last question was from our very own Irvi Guglani, who's going to be opening up her Singapore chapter. Her question is okay. for you, uh, what is the craziest thing that you think can happen in the metaverse?
1: The craziest thing, hmm. Good or bad, <laughs> you know, I'm not <laughs> sure how that, you know, which way you can go. I mean, honestly, I think, honestly, I wouldn't call this crazy, but I think the inner polarity between the metaverses is gonna be fixed soon. And, you know, allowing you to basically jump, like say, you know, right now, if like you're in a box or, and, you know, in the box holes, you kind of, your models and your NFTs, if you're going to use them in that world, have to be specific for that world. But now I know Unity uh, is creating a new driver that's allowing you to basically morph those into whatever world you go into, which should be really cool. And I don't know if it's crazy or not, but I, I think it's kind of like there's still a lot of fragmentation in that metaverse world and even in the blockchains themselves. And I think that once those walls are taken down and there's not so much friction between each of those ones, I think that's going to really make this you know, something that's really mass adopted. I think it's kind of on the cusp, but it's still a little newer for some people and not everybody wants to wear the the VR headsets. So I think the more it gets, it's not so like, you know, where you have to be here. Oh, now I have to learn this over here. It's a little bit more of a fluid experience. I don't know if it's crazy, but I think that's something I would kind of be looking forward to.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Kind of a bit like we need the Romans to
1: come and build the roads between. Right. The, yeah. You villages. know, I'm just using CalPass to get around where we can kind of be more strategic about it.
0: Uh-huh. All right. So tell us a bit about your background in blockchain or crypto or, or NFTs or which part you're
1: you're in. Oh, well, I'm in all of them. So I've been involved in crypto for about eight, almost nine years now, long before all of this, you know, got popular and, and crazy. So give you a little background on how I got into it. So eight years ago, maybe almost nine years ago, my buddy said, hey, China, this banned Bitcoin, you want to get into this thing? I was like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. So I looked into it and I was like, oh, we can mine, you know, kind of get into this. So I'm a very technical person. I build a lot of stuff. I, I share how to build this stuff. I'm like the real life MacGyver. I honestly have been taking things apart my whole entire life. And I worked for others. I was doing R&D and prototyping. And I always like kind of do stuff that others didn't do. So I got really attracted to this once I got into it. So my buddy and me, we bought, you know, one of these two miners off of eBay, you know, pricey, probably paid a premium for them. And I took them apart. Okay. This is doable. Cause I didn't kind of take it. I, I was able to modify these things and get about 20 or 30% more yield out of each of these miners. And these are ASIC miners. These are like the cylinder things I've ever seen those. So, and this was, you know, 2016, 2015 timeframe. frame. Um, so, and I got involved in it. And so that guy is doable. So next thing you know, as I bought about $600,000 of equipment and he bought about $600,000 equipment from Hong Kong, from the manufacturer Bitmain. And we had to wait a few months for this coming over. In the meantime, my bank was screaming at me. What are you doing? sending all this money to China and da, da, da. it's like, I'm just going to do it. And I went through it. They sent me everything, never had any issues. And then we set up and I set up industrial mining centers. And, you know, i basically at one point we were burning $10,000 in electricity a month. Wow. Right. So you're one of these. people. Wow. Companies. So that's what $1.2 million worth of equipment would get you uh, along with the electricity cost. Um, but, you know, I really learned a ton then. I mean, I didn't just plug them in. I, I, them, I was able to modify them and get more out of them. And I really understood this down to the low level. So really what I've been doing is facilitating layer one blockchains for eight, nine years and understanding that at that level. So now fast forward a few years ago or coming close to where we are now. Now I got more into the software space. We just recently launched MacNerd, our new blockchain only uh, brand, uh, solely focused on blockchain projects. Within the last year, we've done at least nine or 10 blockchain projects, ranging from we built an NFT project on Cardano, which is really difficult. We've done a handful of tokens on BSC. We've done a couple of NFT projects on Ethereum and PolygonMatic. Um, we're currently building one of the largest NFT collections on the planet currently, um, and that comes with serious engineering challenges. So we're just looking to push the limits of what blockchain can do, and be facilitators and builders on that on the networks.
0: Amazing.
1: So, so you're
0: one of the original miners, like solving these math problems.
1: Well, I mean, I don't want to say somebody already solved the math problems, but I figured out how to make it better. Okay. <laughs> you know, so if that makes sense, I'm I'm good at. I've always had the skill set of understanding and looking at something and know how to make it a little better, tweak this and change this. Maybe due to my ADHD, you know, it gives me superpowers. I can hyper-focus and do stuff that others, you know, usually don't think about.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I like that. I like being creative. Um, you know, this give you a little history of why that it comes to be. I'm also a published musician. I've about 20 songs on ASCAP, but I used to be a semi-famous DJ known as DJ McGiver. So I would go around the world and, you know, basically kind of making this music and also DJing at some big events. And it was all EDM kind of stuff. But that's where my creative side comes from. So I like to be creative and analytical, and you know, the blockchain is great because it's combining creatives for the first time with technology and really shortening the gap, I think, from where the artist is to where the community is, where you know, you always have record labels in between things, they're always trying to make money off of things, and even things like Spotify, you know, is really kind of you know disheartening because you know they make all the money aligned with the record companies, but the end artist usually makes nothing and they don't even have any direct communication with those. So I think. The whole NFT space and, and the uh, creator economy that's kind of coming about this is really cool. So we're just helping facilitating as well. So I can kind of, you know, I'm no longer DJing in clubs. I'm too old to do that, I guess. My wife would never stand for it. I have a six-year-old, I'm happily married. And, you know, it's, it's in my past, but I still understand that and understand the struggles that they go through. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're just building stuff there. We're actually working on, um like I said, one of the largest MT collections. And we're basically selling to you know, uh, Walmart, we're selling to Target, uh, Barnes and Nobles, uh, and we, I'm basically working with publicly traded companies and facilitating the tech side. They already got the, all the distribution, they have everything in place, and what we're doing is combining physical and digital assets with mm-hmm. like, you might have a 12 week final record, now there's a QR code in it to register your NFT that you get as a digital version of that you can play. You know, basically a Spotify on a blockchain yeah. is what we kind of do. So that was just the first step, but we're building a whole community on this. This is a, a multi-year endeavor, And we're just building out the first legs of it. Allow us to have, like right now, we just did, because of the holidays, we're doing 16 classic Christmas songs. um, And basically, now you have a a 16-song NFT with the playlist and everything go through it, and it's on the blockchain. It's kind of cool. And you get it with the record. Or if you want to buy it, you can buy it for like 10 bucks or something like that too. So that's going to be launched in a few weeks. So my dev team's really been cranking hard to get that out the door. But really, what we're doing is just building these these systems to try to make it so it's repeatable and also at scale. And, you know, like we already got like Home Depot, well not Home Depot, but Walmart and, and Target are really committed to this. But we're working with some of the biggest names, like that Christmas thing is nothing. We're working on a Black History Month next, which is all like two pops of states involved and Biggie Smalls of state, you know, like unreleased music that we're going to put on a blockchain. So it's kind of cool. We're just getting to be part of this, you know, kind of creative kind of economy that's coming up, but working with some big names and we're just doing a tag
0: Okay, cool. And then I do you keep up with the news obviously of everything that's going on? Or oh, you-,
1: you mean the whole so, so, you know, CZ Binance follows me on Twitter and I'm able to respond back to himself this whole FTX thing. Oh, what, what? is going on? What is going well, on? I can tell you what's a- going on right now down to the minute. So basically, um, FTX is insolvent, they're falling apart. They backed their whole entire value with a token that they created that is basically vaporware. And Stan, uh was it Stan? I think uh, is the guy who owns FTX. He lost sixteen billion dollars yesterday. No. Oh. So the thing is, uh, Binance or CZ Binance is about to buy them, but now there's basically rumors that they're saying now he might not buy them because he's looking further into their financials and it's not looking good. Uh huh. So, and, and you know he might. Buy them. It's a it's a separate
0: entity in the US um, compared FTX. to the rest of the world
1: right um i they might have they might have to do their own in the u.s but you know i think that company as a whole i mean their stadiums named after ftx here in america they own the philadelphia they're part Mm -hmm. of the philadelphia citrus which is a big sports team here so it's i mean this is a big deal that's why the whole markets have really fallen through the floor you know there's so much liquidity going on and people are just kind of dumping to get out of ftx and ftx also halted any withdrawals as well You know, because, you know, I'm I'm not just on Twitter. I'm actually on telegrams and looking as being an ethical hacker. I try to give people a voice what's going on, especially in a fair way. And I do feel bad for a lot of the people that got stuck in FTX and they can't get their money out, which is further cements my ideas. Avoid centralized exchanges and use decentralized exchanges. And don't trust anybody. If it's not your private keys, it's not your crypto. They're learning that lesson now. (laughs) Smart.
0: Okay, so can you tell me the name of a couple of decentralized exchanges that you would use?
1: I mean, any even Uniswap. You can use any. Don't use something owned by like where you have to go into the exchange and sign in for a thing. Like do it in this decentralized manner. Where they like use hardware wallets. Like use blockchain as it's meant to do peer to peer. It doesn't have to be in a mini area. Like and that's all these exchanges are. Is kind of a in between the banks and in the the crypto world. Mm-hmm. And they can go out of business or they can do something that's unsavory. You know, these are these are companies bound by an organization. You want to basically get into something that's not bound by a company or organization. You know, yeah. honestly, I, I mean, it's still kind of in infancy, but DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations, I see that really coming up a little bit more where there's some governance on top of these exchanges too, not just the exchange itself, where things and rules can be set, but they're all driven by the community, not by a person. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of see that progression, but yeah, it's still kind of new. We, we actually worked on a couple of DAOs. It's kind of a unique space to be in. Okay. Um, me- but it's still very new.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the old cliche at the moment. Isn't it? Well, the old, the new cliche, because it is so new. But um, tell me a bit more about the ethical hacking this is what i was speaking to
1: Abby about in the, the right sure, yeah, i mean so we um you know we're we're part um we're part of some organizations that work with law enforcement and we have, you know we basically try to you know um like giving example like you know because of my my background out of the we have people come to us that maybe like lost like crypto like you know right now i'm helping a, a former law enforcement guy in brooklyn he had a hundred thousand dollars stolen on crypto he made the mistake he, he basically had a coinbase account and he bought a harbor wallet which i really commend him on that but then he took the picture of his private keys and synced it to his iCloud. And in three days, that $100,000 was drained from his account. All
0: right. So who could have so took- I had
1: to help him find out where that money went. So we he hired, you know, I've worked with a lot of cybersecurity companies, which don't really get into forensics, and the blockchain. Uh-huh. They hired me to do forensics one and find out where the money went. I found out where the money went. I contacted the exchange. I got correspondence with the exchange. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is... Something, but you need somebody to deal with AML or anti-money laundering, or can basically your law enforcement. And I had to refer that up to my partners that we're we're only going to do the grunt work in their area, and then basically from our technical skills. But um, we're not we're not that type of company. We're not a cybersecurity company. We just happen to be yeah. a security conscious software development company.
0: Yeah, like detectives. Um, and is are there laws in place in the US to to you know prosecute? It's
1: in a, it's a gray area at the moment. Yeah. Um, and the, the the laws are just having a hard time catching up with the tech. I mean, the thing with, you know, I'm sorry, there is a train going by. I live in Delaware County. No it's very common. So, um, uh, you know, so the tech is ahead of it and it's moving such a ferocious pace just to put some metrics. So, you know, most people might not know this. The fastest growing technology before the blockchain was the internet, and that grows about 66% year over year. Pretty, pretty good. Blockchain is 113% year over year. So, it's double what the internet is in, in growth yeah. speed. So, it's hard to even keep up, even as somebody as myself who lives and breathes the blockchain. I'm just treading yeah. water. It's mm-hmm. so fast. It's so, and, and you can't imagine these governments are still four, five, six years behind where the technology is. And this is only, it's the whole world competing. It's not like this a country anymore. This kind of I've never seen anything so ferocious in its its pace. And mm-hmm. it's growth. And so it's like something that you know, just trying to keep up is hard enough. So the law, I, I think the laws are so antiquated, especially here in America. We tend to have more of a draconian financial system compared to some other parts in the world, which mm-hmm. are driven by banks and, you know, central, you know, organizations that just want to make more profit. We're starting to see that cracks in that with inflation now. And I think yeah. the way the inflation going, not just in the U.S., but throughout the world, Crypto is really, I think, the equalizer in that area. And I think once you know the big boys start realizing that, that's going to be a game. You know, it's going to be a paradigm shift, and it's already starting to happen. You got every even Google Cloud, which you know we build some stuff on top of. Now you can do. You, we had to build our whole node structure just to support this big NFT project we had. But now we no longer have to do that because Google's going to be offering nodes, blockchain nodes, as a service with Solana, and I think Matic. So we, yeah. they, these. Companies are uh, basically adopting Instagram three four days ago. Announced they're going to use Polygonmatic for minting NFTs on their on their on their app.
0: Oh, so yeah, I
1: think everyone did that because you know they've been building their own cryptocurrency Libra for about five years and it's gone nowhere. And they wound up adopting a public blockchain, uh-huh. which is pretty cool. I mean, honestly, so I see the adoption getting there. Obviously, crypto is falling through the floor now, but this is very cyclical. These are panic button people. The people that are smart enough are not selling. The last thing you want to do is sell now because you're going to take a double tax. You're going to take loss, and the transaction fees are through the roof now because everybody's using the network to sell. Mm-hmm. So why would you waste your money? This is not going to last. This is this everybody's afraid and they're running out the doors, but this technology is not going nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So I can tell you another topic that's probably not really talked about, and as being in the ethical hacking space and the security space is you know, recently there's been a huge uptick of malicious smart contracts. Have you ever heard yeah. of that? You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, I know about like the smart contracts that like uh, execute uh, a, a transaction, if you like, automatically, right?
1: Well, yeah. So most people, when they go to like, a, you know, say I connect to Uniswap and I go and say, "Hey, accept, connect to this wallet." When you accept, you accept all that things that smart contract can do, good mm-hmm. or bad. Most people are not technical. I'm going to go and say, read the smart contract and understand what's that, even if they can read it. yeah, nobody There agrees. is smart contracts. And I've even had to help some people from our, my ethical background here is where they were, you know, like an open seas was really vulnerable to this for a while. They had the whole transfer thing where you they would you would go to a mint, a free mint and then be clones of those mints kind of thing. You connected the wrong one. You yep. allowed that smart contract to do whatever they want now. And the next thing you know, they're just draining your wallet of your NFTs and transferring them out of your wallet and also your crypto. Um, so you know the problem is once you get that, how do you get unbound to that? Because that smart contract got bound to your, to your address. What do you do? So there's a couple sites you can go out there. I think one's like Unrec.io and a couple others connect your smart wallet to unbind that smart contract. But here's the rub: you have to do it so quickly because as soon as that money comes in, they're all programmatically trying to take it out you have to either write code to do it or you have to basically have both windows open at the same time, throw money in there. You have to basically like almost kind of do it so quickly. Like you can get ahead of the guys that are trying to take the money from you.
0: Yeah. But But for the average, for the average person, that's like.
1: They're not going to figure that out, you know, you know, but I, I unfortunately know friends that lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in this area.
0: How would you recommend like for like a a normal, like for uh, everyday person to, to know Like any any blockchain website
1: or you should be leery of anything. So there's a couple of things you can do. So here's a couple of things I can share with you. Is like, so first of all, you want to create a layer between you and your normal work habits. So first worst thing to do is basically you can just have your computer and use meta masking computer that you use for everyday work. The reason I say that is basically if you get hit with a malware virus and somebody takes over their computer, they instantly have access to your your metamask and stuff can drain that way. So what I do is I create a burner wallet or I create a layer in between me and my real world where my stuff is really stored. And I even have an air-gapped laptop that does nothing but crypto and nothing else. Mm-hmm. So you want know, separ- create some separation and layers and ha- and think about, you know, have a wallet that if you're going to go and do an NFT mint, have a wallet that you send that money for the mint to, and you mint from that wallet and you your exposed wallet to the internet. And if something comes to that, you don't have to have a loss of all the things Things that you have in your kind of stockpile. All
0: right, so, so it's creating a
1: separation layer.
0: This is probably like for you. It's probably the most simple question, but you could have like, for example, two wallets. One that is just like a transitional kind of wallet, and your other one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like you know, to me, like I use, I have, I have a MetaMask that's on that, and I also have on my my phone, I have a trust wallet. I just send what I need to that trust wallet when I'm going to do things.
0: What's the and difference send- between
1: a trust wallet? Or trust Wallet's an open source wallet that supports multiple blockchains on your iPhone or, or Android. Um, And it's really probably one of the easiest ones to use because m- most of these wallets have, hey, I'm just Polygon. Hey, I'm just Ethereum. Hey, I'm just this and this and this. They support almost everyone that's under the box except for maybe something under Cardano. And it allows you to have one centralized wallet that you can kind of have you know, your stuff on. And you can use that wallet to kind of keep it on. Your, you know, basically do what you want to do on your phone. But by all means, don't like once you buy something like an, a cool NFT, like say you got lucky enough to get a board eight or something, do not keep it on that. You want to basically move it and transfer it over to your basic holding wallet. Like, think of it one wallet as a reserve and the other wallet it's like you're giving a budget to do things with. Yeah.
0: Like separate- like when you, when you go on holiday, you keep $20 in your pocket in case. Are right. you going of for a
1: vacation? And you, you-, have a, you get a bunch of money out for it's the same concept that basically you're mitigating risk.
0: Okay, An and so this, this kind of like burner wallet would be like your MetaMask kind, and then you would have-
1: Yeah, but you want to basically separate your computer or whatever it is. Don't have all your eggs in one basket, have your basket in a secure place where nobody else can get to it, and not a soul knows your private key. And then you basically move whatever you need to do to these burner wallets and you do your business with them, interact with the public blockchain in a lot of different ways, and then take it and move it back to the other one. And it gives you that safety net or at least something in between so if that got compromised you know there's probably minimal impact in what you're doing
0: yeah and there's another step to 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 get through. so insightful thank you okay <laughs> right. and then uh
1: oh, yeah, with you diversity
0: for hours <laughs> can we sorry. have a week class and um, what about diversity then what made you get interested what made you interested in joining diversity in blockchain
1: i mean you know i'm all about diversification even in my own company and this is a person you know i, I think it's really important to have different perspectives from different people and that there is you know there's not as much diversification in some of the blockchain and even in the computer industry in you know, the software world as a whole most of them it's like yeah, guys they kind of kind of be a little immature in some areas and you want to kind of have a you don't want to kind of all think the same way. It's great to have different perspectives of things from women, men, back all different backgrounds and, and stuff. And we really kind of embrace that. That's who I am as a person. And I think that's an important aspect. So I was attracted to the organization and um, I thought it was, it's was a good fit for who I am as a person.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. It's great to have you in the, in the gang. Um, all right. What, what um barriers do you think there are to entry for, for most people?
1: Um, the complexity, um, the problem with, with, is you know, the, it's a classic problem, you know, in software and anything. Security always goes counter to ease abuse. So this is the most secure systems or networks in the planet. And they start with, you know, really high encryption levels and they force people to deal with things they probably never had to even think about. So I think education and getting people understand what the real value of what this is and understand that fiat currencies and stuff are something that's really People used to think like the dollar is something that's solid and it's always never going to change and it's backed by something of value. But I think people are realizing now with all this inflation and everything going that, that that's actually not true and these systems are backed by transparency and fairness and I'm all about that. You know, I I believe blockchain is a source of truth and that's why I'm really attracted to this space because I think this is the next evolution of the internet and I've been builder of, of the internet for decades, you know. This has been my my thing. So I was naturally attracted to it once I kind of got it. It was definitely, it's almost more like a religious experience than anything else.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, I think more people finally get it and people that don't understand, they think everybody's a little bit crazy that's in the crypto and they can't understand why. I mean, most people think like crypto and Bitcoin is like another word document or it's another technology. It's a paradigm shift. It's not like a technology. I mean, these are self-aware networks that can make, do things that other things can never do. And I've seen every country in a planet try to stop this. And every bank and company in the world try to stop it as it gets anti-fragile. Like Mm -hmm. that alone is attractive property to have, like really to get rid of Bitcoin or any of these cryptocurrencies, you really got to get rid of all internet and power at the same time in the world. And that's never going to happen. It's almost like a virus, but it's a virus (laughs) for a good thing. I think honestly our world's a little corrupted and it's ran by evil people that are only looking to take advantage of others. And I think that kind of time is past. I mean, we're no longer dealing with kings and and, and these kind of organizations that are top down. This is a little bit more of an equalizer, I think, and that attracts me too. I mean, I love the cyberpunk area, and I was being an ethical hacker. This is mm-hmm. these are things that are attracted to me is not just trying to take advantage of things. It's understanding how things can be fair. Yeah. And, that,
0: I and
1: again, I completely
0: agree. It's more like a social movement, isn't it? Backed by technology. Yeah.
1: I think so. It really is. It's almost like it is a really. I think it is a social movement more than anything else. And I think it's the natural progression where we need to be. Are we really meant to be fighting each other? Are we really meant to be taking advantage of each other? I don't think so. It, it just doesn't feel right to me. So I think there's more to this. And I'm happy that it's gotten this far because when I got involved in this, none of this was cool. You know, I, I even helped promote the first official NFT day on Twitter before it was even a thing. And to see even where that's gone is pretty amazing. So it's like really cool to see these things like start getting their own life. And I've been here since really early where it was like, it was almost like a laughable thing. You should hear I'm getting up in front of people talking about Bitcoin. I hear Snickers and people laugh at it. Like, what is this thing? And now it's like, it's not, you're not hearing that anymore. You know, you're hearing people how they get involved in it and what they need to want to learn. It's like kind of cool. But I always stuck to my guns and, and did the right thing. And, you know, that's kind of who I am. Nice. So nice. Somebody's really? got to do it somebody's got to do the good work here
0: thank you you. thanks for teaching us as well because i'm sure plenty of people find a lot of value in in everything you've been saying i certainly have and it's been well half an hour
1: if i got one person to understand how important this technology is compared to everything else that's out there Mm at least i did my
0: yeah definitely all right would you leave me a question then for the, for the next I episode? knew this was
1: coming. I've been trying to think of something this whole time. <laughs> it so, doesn't does have to be
0: tech. Like, I, from the very first change out, I was like, it doesn't have to be even remotely blockchain related. It could be like, prefer uh, apples or pears. But I mean, take it how.
1: Hmm. You're really like, when me put them my spot here. <laughs> uh, I mean, so does it have to be crazy or can this be like, you know, like, like who's my next audience? Do I have a hint on like, we, is it's I just super know. technical.
0: I don't know yet. I'd probably steer away from the technical just in case. Keep it simple.
1: Right. Um, hmm. I guess. Hmm. hmm. I'm having a hard time coming up with a good answer or a question I think could be applicable. Um, All right. I guess maybe ask them, what is the impact you think, you know, this blockchain technology could be in their lives in the future? Let's in say five years. Yeah. Now, do you think, Going to be something that you're going to be dealing with, or do you think it's something that's not? And it's just a fact that it's going away. I like to know if, like, you know, what, what you think this thing is. This leads from their perspective because everybody's going to have a different kind of an answer here. But understanding, kind of getting at this, like, okay, so this blockchain technology, what can this really do for me? Me, I see it not only for financial, I see in the future, I'm going to have my driver's license as an NFT, I'm going to have the deed to my house as an NFT and you know nfts people don't realize that nft is the value is not what the little cool image is the mm-hmm. value is the box that encapsulates that image is what's really important and that technology it's like a rubber stamp or a validator where yeah. you no longer need like a to validate and say hey i stamped this thing it's done automatically it can facilitate things even more governments in the future so mm-hmm. i think you know honestly there's going to probably be massive pushback in a political world but i think countries and you know, organizations, because these are, these are communities. That's really what this blockchain is, is, is a community-driven technology. And I think that's going to probably get in every aspect of our life in the future. It really is just the next evolution of the internet.
0: No, so, and, and the, mo- the more people that are involved in it, the more we can push for that kind of political support and legislative support as well. I think everyone, yeah, exactly. uh, people from all walks of life. I
1: hope that was good enough for you. <laughs> no, definitely.
0: definitely. Uh, no, it is good.
1: It's good. I
0: and, uh, uh, and well, probably can... could
1: have done better if I had a little bit more heads up and no, I kind of think about uh, it. No,
0: sorry. I, I put you on the spot. No, but I think it's perfect because I think people think, oh, it can, you can do this and you can do that. But what does it mean for, for, for me, for example? It, I, haven't, I haven't
1: even thought about that in like five years. Mm. Okay.
0: All right. Cool. Thank you. So much. This has been amazing. Really grateful for your time. Um and we will be in touch. I'll let you know when we're ready to to publish.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate your time too. I enjoyed the conversation.
0: Same. All right. Speak to you soon.
1: Have a good day. You See too.
0: bye. Bye. Bye.